What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. This week's episode of Cartoon Casual is sponsored by Sour Door Wine Bar, downtown Kingman, Arizona. That is correct. Uh, and I was just uh, from fresh off the presses uh-huh. uh, from uh, Mr. Foss. Uh, yes, co-owner with his wife, uh, Crystal. N- the, yes, uh, new stuff uh, happening on April 1st. This Friday is also first Friday. Okay. Uh, one of the bands from the Juke Joint, which we're also sponsored by, from Jeremy's Juke Joint in Havasu. Oh, yeah? Uh, is a, uh, a, a band that they just go by Scott and Sabrina. I've actually been there for them. Okay. And they're really good. Like, what do they do? Acoustic-y stuff. Acoustic-y. Just, yeah, okay. very good. The Scott very and Sabrina show. Yes. Okay. Uh, April so that's, 8th. That's Friday. That's this Friday. That's this Friday, Got April it. 1st. Okay. Uh, the following week, April okay. 8th. That's the next Friday. Is uh, Havasu's UAPs, which I'm not sure what UAP stands for. Um, but UAPs is going to be, it's going to be an acoustic. Um, unmanned. No. Aerial. Aerial phenomena. Actually, that's probably what it stands for. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, they, uh, they play... UAPs uh, normally plays as like I think a four piece electric, but there it's going to be an acoustic show, and they do '90s covers. There was kind of the remnants of the former Lego in the '64s, which oh. you and I have talked about before. That sounds good. Yeah, uh, I plan on going to see them on uh, on April eighth. I will be there, so that's you know of the you know next week. Are so, you going to be here this week? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. Leonard Interior is making a return to the cellar door on April 29th. And uh, just to throw this out there, folks, to pre-promote July 1st, Acoustic mm-hmm. Swillers at the cellar door. Nice. Yeah, July 1st. Acoustic Swillers, That's July 1st. July 1st, Friday. We all know the Swillers. We all know the Swillers. They've been on here multiple times, and they're fantastic. Yes. Uh, but now... Wait, we should have them uh, back on the show before that show. We should. We absolutely should. Uh, right. I also need to put out there, Blackbridge, this Saturday evening, is a big one, folks. The, oh yeah, the rivals are returning to the that's stage right. at Blackbridge. That's right, and it's going to be fantastic. It's uh, going to be such this, a good show. That's this Saturday. That's this coming Saturday, April second. And I think that uh, so far the weather looks good. So far, it looks it should Unlike be perfect. Unlike last night that rained all night, it was long. very Seattle-y. It certainly was yesterday. It was, it was even some thunder. It was kind of nice because my truck was clean when we, I walked got, out this morning. Got some new fresh snow on the Hualapais. Um. So okay. So let's talk about the slap heard around the world. God damn it. Look, man, we commented on see the pop slap. culture. We kept talking about it. I went, okay. I mean, I saw it after, you know, the next day, whatever. Yeah, it was. I didn't watch the Oscars because it's right. kind of a dated institution, but there's certain things about the Oscars that I like to watch, especially musical numbers, because uh, there's so much good music that comes from movies. We, You and I both oh, know yeah. this. And they're, it's always so good. Uh, but I missed out on that. And then there was a couple things like, I don't know how it worked out, but Rosie Perez, Wesley Snipes, and Woody Harrelson ended up on stage together to present an award. And it was like a white men can't jump reunion. Right. I remember and hearing I about that too. fucking love that that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Right. The trash talk that goes on in there, I, I remember me and all my friends thought we were cool as shit because we were stealing from that movie when we were playing like schoolyard basketball and just like, yeah, your mom is a fucking astronaut, like just saying dumb shit like that. Right. So I love that movie. I, you know, so anyway, no, the um, for the three people on the planet that don't know, 
Chris Rock cracked a joke about Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, and she's been struggling with alopecia for about the past year or so, where you lose your hair in patches. It's not like pattern baldness where you go thin. You literally have all the hair fall out in a certain patch. Okay. And I've had issues with that before, and it's awful. And now... Did Chris Rock know about that? Maybe. So, so the joke was, let's let's kind of repeat the joke the best you can. He said, yeah, Jada Pinkett. All right. Jada, Jada can't wait for G.I. Jane 2 because her head's shaved. Right. Now, she looks gorgeous. But yeah, that's, she's an attractive but, woman. But, but yeah. that's and with her head shaved. She, yes. she really does. The so, problem, does uh, the, the, so does Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. It's not Courtney Cox. Nope. Fuck me, G.I. Jane. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, 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 yeah, she was in uh, Demi Moore. Thank you, not Courtney. Cox. <laughs> you know, I'm getting my brown hair chicks mixed up. All yeah, because of all you're, because of uh, Top Gun Maverick. Your damn fantasy, your fantasy harem. Yeah. Anyway, what he basically did was poked fun at someone who has a. a it's kind of like a disability. It's not a full on disability, but it is a malady, and it's definitely something that she struggles with, especially with. Women having the uh, having to really keep up image issues in general, let alone Hollywood. So now I'm going to say you, that Chris Rock knew about. I'm her. I'm going to say he, that Chris Rock probably has his finger on the pulse of pop culture because he's a stand up comedian. He's got to keep up with this shit. He does, and that joke fell flat. Uh, except yeah. for a handful of people cracked up, including Will Smith. If you watch the video, right? Because uh, I watched the full international feed, which was the one that was like uncut. The cameras didn't cut away. And but you, I wonder if he was just politely laughing because it was about his wife. Uh, he, he knew the cameras were going to be on. His eyes were shut and his mouth was open and he was loudly laughing. Okay. Yeah. So there's that. And then he turned around and looked at his wife and she was not fucking happy. And no. that's when he launched, launched out of his chair, walked up on stage, and slapped the shit out of yeah. Chris Rock. And then went back and sat down. And started yelling at him and, and shit. screamed at him, keep my, keep wife my, wife's, keep my yeah. wife's name out your fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a plant. I thought it was going to be just like a like a uh, like a like a like a sketch. You know, it was like right. a, like a joke. <clears throat> Until he sat down and I saw the look on his face when he said that, and it was well, pure. He, is, he is an actor. Yeah, he's not that good of an actor. I, I know what you're saying though. He's he's yeah. Will Smith. He's not Jack. Fucking because Nicholson. I saw him with that. He's really pissed. Well, and then Chris Rock was like, "I just got the shit slapped out of me by by Will Smith." Right, because that that's the part that was. To me, m- even more convincing was because Chris Rock's reaction, which I think he did a pretty good job. Oh, yeah. You know? So that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. And then he said it again. He said, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Because I think, yes, because I, I think if it were staged, he would have said something different. Like, mm-hmm. oh, really? You know what? Yeah, he would have said, you know, they would have gone a little bit more with it other than, whoa, I just got the Will Smith to slap the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, he didn't, you know, because he didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, because it was. There's no script for that. There is no script for that. Whoa! I just, you just, yeah. I, now, so I think that's. I think it was real. I broke down and and bro, kind of broke it down. I talked about it with my mom today, actually, because my mom thought it was the funniest shit in the world. He, she's like, on one hand, apparently you don't fuck with Will Smith or his family, duh. And but on the other hand, Chris Rock showed ultimate restraint. Oh, it's huge on his well, part. So here's the thing: <clears throat> those two guys, they don't, they didn't have a coddled background. Mm-hmm. Will Smith, that the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it was loosely based on what he, how his life was. Because when he turned like fifteen or sixteen, he was slinging dope and and selling crack and doing all sorts of shit, like on the street, watching people get murdered. Mm-hmm. South Philly, all that crap. West Philly, yeah, West Philly. So 
his mom had you know had a, a rich sister so not rich but well to do not basically doesn't live in the projects and sent him out to uh the la area now he didn't move into mansion in bel-air that's all for right. dramatic and comedic effect but like that's loosely based on his life because he otherwise was going to go down a real nasty nasty rabbit hole and probably stay there and his mom knew that so she got him out chris rock grew up between the bronx and queens in the 70s and 80s when those two areas were awful yes they were i mean awful those two guys are probably the most hood motherfuckers that would have been at the Oscars. I would I would tend to agree with that. I can't think okay. of anybody else here that would with been. that background. Now they've done good and they you know they're they're faithful to their wives and they have their kids and their yeah, families and all this and, and all that, that. And the money and all that. But deep down, they still have that that men, kind of that that uh, I'll deal with it how I deal with it mentality. Mm-hmm. And Will Smith also over the past year or so you keep hearing about stuff where there was like infidelity in their marriage that shit made it public which was just gross yeah it was bad that it, that it got the, the the tabloids put that out there and then they had to release public statement about their private marital shit and then struggles with with you know stress induced alopecia and this and that and the other like just all those things right and i think you're right i like what you said before we started recording i think he lost it a little bit he just he's he's, 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 he's He's no, had enough of everything. He's had enough, and that was just fucking it, and everybody right. saw that. Now In public, with that joke kind of that way. I'm torn on the whole situation. One, you don't assault somebody. Right. You don't. You just don't, because that's it, what that was. Been, he would have been better off for him and everybody and made Chris Locke. Locke. Chris, Chris, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. <laughs> look even worse if he just kind of went, really, man? Yeah. You know, you know if he just kind of sat there and went, that's a joke? Or something, you know what I mean? It would have really made him look like shit. Exactly. Like I said, it felt pretty flat anyway. It did. There were yeah. a few people that laughed pretty pretty good, including Will. Yeah. So it would have been one less people, one fewer persons. Yeah. That would have, yeah. He handled it wrong. Yeah, he now, did. There's no question. should Chris Rock have expected a reaction? Abso-fucking-lutely. Probably. Yeah, though, which is probably why he isn't pressing charges. But we talk about this kind of stuff, too, all the time with, with comedy and what's off limits or and what nothing, there is. Either nothing's off limits or everything's off limits. Right. Like, there's, that's, but the thing, that's what I told my mom was, and my mom was like, that's like making fun of somebody with a disability and blah, 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 blah. And I said, yep, I totally agree. However... Comedians should be allowed to say what they want because the bad comedians that say dumb shit, they lose careers or their careers are flash in the pan like Andrew Dice Clay. Right. Their careers just a flash in the pan. They're a distant fucking memory. And there was discussion today, too, of like, you know, does this could this possibly set kind of a precedent? You know, is it going to be now OK for people to charge a stage and assault a comedian yeah. if they say something? Steve you don't Hofstetter, like? which is a comedian that you and I both follow and yeah. like the redheaded guy with the yeah. glasses we saw in Havasu. Yep. Uh, Kevin he, Havasu. Kevin Havasu. You think this place was this town was settled by some guy named Kevin Havasu? <laughs> yeah. If you what is he? If you got a problem with brown people in your town, maybe you should uh, rethink the name of it. Uh, that was one of the funniest <laughs> fucking bits. So yeah, even he put out on a state uh, on, on, like a statement, not a statement, but it was just like his commentary on it. It's like I've been a comedian for twenty years. I can tell you right now, I've said some pretty dumb shit on stage. That's why you practice and you know you he, learn he to read says, your audience. In this political environment, he's he's got. Balls. He's he, exactly. I mean, he really does. He'll stand up there in a small area where he doesn't have any bodyguards, right? Or anybody. There's not much distance between him and the actual people in the front row, right? Where someone could literally jump up and yeah. fucking stab him with a, in the gut with a knife, exactly. And so, and shit like that happens. So, yeah. Should Chris Rock have said something? Probably not. It was a dumb joke. But should he have been charged? The stage charged and him gotten you know been assaulted? Absolutely fucking not. But also, there is something to be said for a man who 
did not, or he showed ultimate restraint. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, Chris Rock is a fucking scrapper because he was a little kid. Yeah. Like he didn't hit five six until he was like fifteen or sixteen years old. He was a little tiny, skinny run. He got the shit kicked out of him all the time. Guarantee he's a scrapper. So, so the guy showed ultimate maturity and restraint, and not having a tussle. He he was kicking the, the shit out of him or somebody. He was in the better position to show restraint, or he had more time. He had moments more because because he he knew he was going to say that joke. He's prepared for it said it and obviously will didn't know it was coming and then he looked over his wife and that was an immediate reaction he did so it was an immediate emotional reaction so now he sees will coming up he's probably going he may think it's going to say something funny to him or who knows who knows what he's thinking at this point because he's right. charging him he's going what the hell's going on but he also is paid pretty heavily i believe to be the guest host or to be i think you know that's right. it's a good yeah it's a good bank day i believe for them to do this so he probably he may have thought because that's kind of I thought when I saw it too. I said, "Fucking Will Smith, that's not a good gig for that's not he, it's not good for him." No. And Chris Rock didn't. He probably thought, "I just made four hundred thousand dollars or whatever. I don't know. Right. To do this, I'm gonna be cool. You know, I'm not gonna lose my shit, and I'll just you know. Yeah, because he'll never get invited back. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably one. That was probably a reason because cameras are live. It's going on internationally. Yeah. yeah. So and then, so then you have the people that are complaining about should Will Smith have gone like like should he have been, Pre- like, been gotten, given, been char- given charges? That, or, yeah. Well, no, not that. No, oh. the should he have been still given oh, the, the, be- award. the best actor award or whatever? And I'm right. like, yeah, because he did the job. Right, he fucked up before that anything was. You're gonna, but the Academy's now said that they're going to launch a full investigation up to and including taking his award away because they've done it to people before. Hmm. So. I don't know if I agree with that. Also, I don't give a shit about the Academy. He he didn't apologize to Chris when he made his public apology. He did and later. He did later on on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. he did later on. Uh, but yeah, it. I don't know, man. I I think uh, I think we all saw a guy who's normally good at executing jokes poorly execute one, which you haven't seen from Kid Rock in probably twenty five years. Kid because, Rock, huh? Chris, you said Kid Rock. Kid Rock? You didn't say Kid Rock. Chris Locke. <laughs> Kid Locke. No, Chris Rock, not Locke. You see, he said Rock, Kid, Kid Locke. Kid Locke. Chris Rock. Chris Locke. <laughs> Christopher uh, Rockenstein. I think his name is Christopher Rockenstein, actually. Right. No, uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Had, yes. you, saw one, you saw one man whose job is to land jokes and make them funny. Right. He did not. It wasn't all that funny. It was kind of low-hanging fruit, and it was kind of a low blow of a joke. Yeah, and it then, wasn't even like, really. Let's say his wife didn't have alopecia, whatever. You, you, it wouldn't even been that good of a joke anyway. Probably not. It's like no, it, probably. Let's not. just say it was her choice to have her head, head, ever head, have her hair that short or right. shaved or whatever. Yeah. yeah okay. It's uh, I get it. GI Jane because she had a shaved head. Right. right. That's doesn't take that much it's a effort dated, to come dumb, up with that joke. Yeah. yeah. So you have that guy, and then you have another guy who's at his probably at his wits' end, who does not want to be at that award ceremony anyway. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and and also is known for being an intensely private person whose private life got broadcast over the past year to everyone on the uh, you know uh, uh, on the planet. I'm about, thinking, my, my wife's going to cheat on me again if I don't fucking go up here and smack him. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. Who knows what went through his <laughs> mind, no man? He, he probably saw the look on her face and was like, well, I, now I got to do something. And right, because if I don't do to. something. Yeah. Cameras might be on me and her right I, now. And I, and I respect somebody who has a public meltdown. Yeah. That's why I still respect Britney Spears for 2007 Britney Spears. Yeah. 
because she went, she was under. Like that goes back to the. That's when she shaved her head. She did shave. Her Speaking head. of, fucking there's, a, there's a commonality going on in here. Yeah, uh, is like, uh, God damn it, Gaines. I always do oh, that. Sorry, derailed my train of thought. What was a? Uh, what I was gonna say was, is uh, do you remember Dave Chappelle on Inside the Actor Studio yes. years ago, where he talks about how Hollywood is a hard business and calling somebody crazy or dis and 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 calling them insane is dismissive. Yes. It takes a hard person to make it in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. You get rejected all the time, and you have everything about your life picked apart. The you know you it takes a strong person, and I think Will Smith has always been a strong person because he's been criticized for literally everything. Yes, and then have his intensely private, you know, uh, his private uh, 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 business and marital affairs and whatnot be aired like dirty laundry. By everybody and their brother for the past year. What we saw the other night in the Oscars was just a culmination of that, and Chris Rock was the straw that broke the camel's back. All right, I'm gonna make a comment, and and there's a reason behind this. It's not it's not to be salacious, or whatever. Okay. Do, do they? I heard a talk show that I kind of uh, um, respect, if you will. It's uh, Ron Bennington and on uh, satellite radio, and they were talking about this because they they know all these Hollywood people. I think they were talking about in there. I was going doing an errand today. I think they were talking about in there that did they have like an open marriage or something like that? I don't know exactly. Okay, okay, now I'm not saying that for slight reasons, but I'm saying that's if that's the case, those things end up like that a lot because that does add. Most people can't handle that shit. Yeah, most people can barely handle a marriage with the dynamic with two people. Right. Then you start adding having an open, and then you're wondering if this person's jealous, and that's going to happen, and and then that adds a huge amount of stress. And, to yeah, that. and and why like and that's I from what I heard. And what I read, and this was like last fall or last summer, was that, and I don't really follow celebrity gossip too much, but Will Smith is like, he's been kind of part of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. So I used to watch Fresh Prince, like all the reruns after after school every day. Right. And then in broadcast, when it was still on, on TV, we would watch it like that was the show that we watched. Sure. So I kind of was like, oh, fuck, man, that's not good. And what it turned out to be was that Will Smith said, yeah, if, if we can have an open marriage. Uh, with these rules, and it turns out he didn't really want the open marriage. He just didn't want to get divorced. Mm-hmm. So he never, I don't think he ever slept with anybody else, and she slept with multiple people. Well, that certainly doesn't help. That doesn't help the <laughs> balance dynamic. Oh yeah, God. so there's that, and the, and the yeah. fact of the matter is, is that, which is all fine and good, Sure, you can deal with that privately. Yes, you can. But he didn't get a chance to do that, neither did she, and right. that's not fair. It's not fair to their kids. It's not fair to them. It's fucking t- terrible. So, yeah. His emotions were real, real fucking high, and Chris Rock's face took took the brunt of it. It did. I mean, I got. I, I watched it before, but I and then I paid attention more to him. I saw one of the feeds that just had him, and I'm thinking, you know, he, he's he's a pretty funny comedian to me. I've seen his specials. I laugh. I enjoy him. He's got some funny things he says. He's not one of my top comedians, but he's he's up there. And, you know, he, he's pretty good. He's, he definitely has some funny bits. Yes, he does. Yeah. And and but I was watching him and his face, and when he got hit and all that kind of stuff. And I like just like you. The more I saw that, I thought, man, he did a fucking... I he, I don't know how it could have been any better on his part. No, I... and, and you know, then he, had, he didn't run off stage and be mad or just trying to, to... He didn't go after him. He didn't say anything inappropriate after that. He, you know, he did... He did it perfectly, the response. There's literally no other way to deal with that than yeah. how he dealt with it. Yeah. There, there's no better way I should wait. Because he could have... They could have just started rumbling right there, which would be... I think that would be even funnier, but... Right. I respect Chris Rock for for not yeah. escalating it because it could have escalated 
a lot. And now they're saying, all right, here's what's going to happen next year. They're going to they're going to going to try to make you know lemonade out of this whole thing, and they're going to have Chris Rock and uh, and Will Smith present awards. <laughs> they're going to they're going to do the Academy Awards together next year. <laughs> I I think okay. that Chris Rock needs to dress up like GI Jane and shave his head <laughs> and present awards. Oh, God. That should. That, because it's like it's not like this has not happened before. Now physical right. assault is is different, but like remember when Kanye stormed? Oh yeah, the, at the Grammys with Taylor Swift. Hey guys, she don't deserve this. And it's like I. Or what is like? I'm gonna let says. you finish. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you finish, but not really. But because I'm gonna start Beyonce's song. Blah blah blah. Is way better, better or something? And she yeah. just, oh god. And <laughs> I was like, "What the?" F-? And she just kind of stood there, stunned. She did kind of classy too, because she's kind of classy. She absolutely is. So she's yeah. she, her and M- Emma Watson are like the two classiest fucking females on earth, as far as I'm concerned. Like mm-hmm. they're just always well poised, and they never mm-hmm. say anything wrong, and they always think about what they're going to say before they actually say it. You know, they're you know who reminds me of uh, uh, of uh, of a uh, Tate. It was Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, yeah, a, a little bit. Not the way they look, but kind of their, their their tallness and their mannerisms, and like they never would say anything bad or do anything bad. Is um, is uh, oh my god, the one of the partners down there at West of Third, the one that sells the the make. Oh, the, Alex, the, Alex, yeah. Alex, yeah. Alex uh, 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 Kiger. Like she's yes. always well put together and just well spoken, and right. she's kind of reminds me of that very, kind of same persona. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. like uh, uh, um. Just again, just well spoken and yeah. Like if someone but, came up and did and said you're, this person's shit is better than yours, she'd probably kind of go, uh, okay, oh okay, all right, that's you <laughs> know, that, if you feel that way, that's great. You should go from them because I'm more, I, I care about your health. Right. Like that, I guarantee you, that'd be like our answer. Cause she's just fucking <laughs> right. like that. So um, anyway, but the classy move the next year at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Taylor Swift did? I don't remember. That I don't remember. I watched it because I was in Ohio visiting when they were on, and I watched it live. Mm-hmm. She's like, "This is a new song. Uh, I wrote it uh, a little less than a year ago," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh <laughs> no!" Because you know she's known for writing like, about about uh, she's well, she's known for writing about ex boyfriends. That yeah, fucking she writes her. her life, and that's the big one. The boyfriends, yes, yeah. and, but she's really fucking good at just just creating a dig mm-hmm. that is poetry. Mm-hmm. And she, I don't even remember the name of the song, but it, it like, it literally was her singing about Kanye, what he did, how he embarrassed her, embarrassed her, uh, or embarrassed himself, mm-hmm. and and made a mockery of the whole thing, and then and made millions of dollars with and, that song, and, yeah, <laughs> and then and and basically said, I accept you for who you are. That's okay. We all make mistakes. That was like the flowery wow, thing about it. Yeah, a masterclass in classiness. She wrote the song. You know she fucking went to like the Vanity Fair after party or some shit like right. that with a notepad in the bathroom and, probably and wrote that fucking song. Little pieces of words and little things that might rhyme and yeah. all that kind of kind of piecing it Garen together. Garen fucking Teach, she yeah. did it. I just, I just remember thinking that's ultimate fucking class. And yeah. that's one of the at that time. That's when I really was like, I gotta pay attention to Taylor Swift because there's something fucking to that woman. She's mm-hmm. she's not just like some pop songstress with no, no substance. Like she's all substance. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I found it hilarious that in this incredibly tense time that's what everybody focused on the shitty thing is is a bunch of cool shit went on during the oscars like uh the little mini uh reunion of the folks from white men can't jump again that was great didn't they they do a 50th anniversary of what of of, of, uh, the godfather godfather yeah yeah. and you had someone said why the fuck was uh robert de niro there he was godfather too that's what someone was pointing out they were oh my god pissed off about that 
It's like he doesn't even. You don't even belong here. Whatever. Till next year. It's fucking De Niro. You're gonna tell him no. Right. Why don't you tell him no? See who gets fucking slapped next year. Uh, that. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> I oh, fucking Oscars. Like there's like if there's one event that is not culturally relevant anymore, who really the, gives a shit? It, now, right. But let's talk about it for a minute. Dune won a lot of stuff. Is that correct? Dune. That's the other thing too. Is that a a. And, Which I uh, haven't seen yet. Somebody corrected them, I think, th- yeah, during broadcast, because somebody called it a remake. It's not a remake. Yeah, it was a, um, it, what, do, what do you call it? Then? It was a novel. It was a novel, and it's an adaptation of the novel, just like the one in the 80s was. Oh, I thought. Sting. It was an adaptation of the novel. Oh, so it's not. a series not, of novels. I got you. So it's yeah. just its own independent adaptation of the yes. novel. Yeah. Yes, it, there was another movie of that. Correct. But they just did it completely differently. The, the yeah. difference between a remake a reboot and and an adaptation is that like if somebody made another Jurassic Park like just like the original Jurassic Park from 93 right. that's an adaptation of a Michael Crichton book mm-hmm. right so it wouldn't be a sequel it wouldn't be a remake it's another adaptation just another mm-hmm. one same thing for The Crow or Watchmen or honestly some of the Marvel movies because mm-hmm. a lot of the Marvel movies they're not remakes right you know like there was an Iron Man back in the late 70s that's it's like that's all the books of the Bible they were just kind of <laughs> They're kind of interp- like you, interpretations you, of well, yeah. If you made a, a movie about Exodus and uh, from based off the book of Exodus, and then later on made another movie about it because CGI is better, right? That's not a remake, right? That's another adaptation of the book of Exodus. It's <laughs> and I know it sounds like we're you know beating a dead horse there or splitting hairs, but it's not. But there's a difference. It's a there huge is, difference. There's a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. And then a reboot is when you go back to the original source material, which say is a movie, and then you make another one, right? You remake the same movie, yeah. Like what would be uh, the um, uh, the Thomas Crown Affair? That was done in the in black and white. That was, was a re- Steve, Steve McQueen, right? That was a remake, or right. no, that that was the original, and then there was a remake. Yes, Thomas that, Crown Affair wasn't a novel, correct? Correct. Yeah, I don't so, think it was. It, so it was an original screenplay. They made a movie, and it, then and it was a similar plot and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it was which so, is still enough. One of the coolest looking movies, and just I love the pacing of it. Mm-hmm. Like everything, and then the like, the overtly sexual overtones to. I, okay, I don't know why, but Rene Russo has always just turned my crank. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why. And it honestly, it started with uh, Thomas Crown Affair. I think it's yeah. It's her. Yeah, that that movies help launch those, plant those seeds in your head. Absolutely. Like like her boots she wears that one scene when she goes into his apartment where she's got. Yes. They're like these long. Boots all the way to her here. Yes. You know, all the way up, you know, and and that's like, yeah, I hope she wears those in real life. They're, oh, man. <laughs> and I and the funny thing is, like, the more I look at her, the older she gets, I'm just like, she's never had facial, like, work done. Mm-hmm. She still looks beautiful. She's 300 years old. I don't know how old she is. She's probably close to, around 60, I would think. Right. And, oh, man. Speaking of probably never had, had work done, and I freaked out because today I found out, right, we're watching the, the new trailer for Top Gun Maverick. Uh-huh. And I didn't know you knew this already, and I didn't know this. I'm watching the new trailer. I'm going, what the fuck, Jennifer Connelly? Yeah, your favorite, your pride and joy. One of my, you know, and now she's on the back seat of the motorcycle. Now I want to do that with Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> so who doesn't? You should reach out to her, right? I just, hey, what's up? What's up? She's like, yeah, I'll be. Hey, down. do you like pizza? I like pizza. I, I'm gonna. I like. I like pizza. <laughs> Do you like pizza? I like pizza. That's wow, crazy. Wow, we should get together. We that's, should definitely that, get together. That is really weird. You're like Joe, I've got a week to get a motorcycle. Help me. <laughs> And then the funniest part was I went oh I went what what the fuck is she and so I okay, looked her up on first off let's let's roll back a little bit let's okay. pump the brakes all right 
I show up here. Hey, what's up, Gaines? Holy, holy fucking shit! I mean, you were just like. And you Tasman- said, "How much coffee have you? Are you okay? You were full on Tasmanian devil." And I'm like, "Did you fucking see who's in the Maverick?" And then I'm like, "And you couldn't I, I, guess." He said, "Yeah, like uh, who was the actor that is now no?" Oh, uh, uh, Val Kilmer. He said, they, "Yeah, but no, that's not what I'm talking about." Because that's, well, that's the first trailer, the the one they released, I think, they yesterday. Showed his it, name that showed and his him, name and yeah. his face, like yeah. in, like in the movie, yeah. and actually having a character. So. And I'm like, was it Val Kilmer? No. No, it wasn't fucking Val Kilmer. Very intense about it. <laughs> How much caffeine have you had to do? Nothing. None. I'm fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right on. And and I said, I said, think about it. Think about it. Said, and then I was like, and oh. And I said, it's her. So and I'm like, oh, is it? Oh, Jennifer Connelly? Yeah, I knew she was Wait, in the Wait, no, movie. there was another like, her that you said first. There was a, I thought there was another female that you guessed. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, and I think that's what you said. And I went... Yeah, I had no idea. I thought for sure you had seen her in the other trailers because she's definitely been in two other trailers at I, least. And then, but you didn't know who she was though. That was the funny well, part. Well, I didn't though. know her character's name. Right. And then so you, I looked her character up and I went, "What?" You looked fuck? up the character on IMDb, which sucks that they actually put that on there. Right. They shouldn't. That that'd have been good for them not to put it on there. For real. So it's Penny Benjamin for all you Top Gun fans out there. If you remember the first Top Top Gun, the original. Um, the, where he's getting chastised, you know, because of his in the very beginning, flying, the first like fifteen yeah, minutes of the movie on, get, on the aircraft, ass chewed by that by, by the, the by the admiral of the ship, admiral, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, and he's you've been you've been busted, you've been this for something unauthorized flybys, including this and over one admiral's daughter. And then Goose turns. Goose goes, goes Penny, Penny Benjamin? Benjamin, and he kind of goes, and he's like, and you asshole, and then starts, yes, sir. <laughs> You're just lucky to be here. You're just, <laughs> thank you, sir. I, I, lo- I love that shit because I remember watching that with my stepdad, and I'm like, do they really talk to him like that? He goes, absolutely. You have to say thank you. <laughs> yep. Even though he's being sarcastic. So so then, so you have fast Penny, forward, Jennifer Connelly is Jennifer Penny Benjamin Con- on the back it, it, of the motorcycle. She's playing Penny Benjamin. Yeah. Spoiler alert, folks. Yeah. Love Jennifer Connelly. Yes, you do. Loved her in Blood Diamond. Oh, she's, my God. She, <laughs> she could read the phone book. Yeah. And it would be incredible. Okay, I will admit this. I she might be if if she actually just came in here and said, "Hey, heard y'all's podcast. Kind of funny. I'm driving through Kingman. I like to do your show." I might have a hard time with that. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I, I that that's one of the few actors because she's I'm attracted to her obviously physically, you know, female wise, and I think she's a tremendous actor also. I think she's really good. Um, in the different roles that I have seen her in and, and following and that kind of... Not a lot of movies, but anyway. Um, yeah. You would be absolutely starstruck. I, know, I, I yeah, might I, be a little bit... I, I would have to... I, would, I think I would get my shit together, but I have to really figure out how to right. get my shit together before she came in. I, th- <laughs> I think I'll just tell her, I say, you know, I, I like a lot of guys. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan. You're very attractive. Love your work. I've This, this, and this, and this, and this. Now we got that out of the way. You know, I'll do my very best to, uh, to ask appropriate questions. Dude, don't you just hate some of the interviews, though, with, with bigger stuff? I watch some of these things on some podcasts where I'm going, you guys are asking the wrong questions. These yeah. people have heard this question every fucking interview. Yeah. They're done with They're over it. They want something different. They really want something different. Yeah. Please don't ask me who my influences were. I, oh, God. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Tyler, the creator, he's, he was, he was in a, a collective, uh, he's a rapper. Mm-hmm. He was in a collective of, uh, R and B and rappers. It was, I think it was at one point in time they had 12 people in it. It's like essentially, essentially imagine the Wu-Tang clan, but newer. Mm-hmm. So 
he broke out on his own and I, I watched an interview with him maybe a year ago where he was and he's notorious for being like just being completely bonkers and just telling him like that nah, next question that's a dumb question do better <laughs> okay. and I know you love the guy yeah and he goes all right uh Tyler I'd like to know uh he goes look I'm gonna tell you right now if you ask me who my influences are <laughs> I'm gonna come and I'm gonna fucking tackle you out of that chair <laughs> so either be prepared to run or don't ask that fucking question and the guy was so like, he looked at his notes he, looked, he definitely shuffled his notes. He was like, <laughs> He's moving through the questions. What would you say influenced you <laughs> as an artist? And he's like, motherfucker. And just like, <laughs> and just did. dove after the guy. And he's like, just fucking with him. He's like, don't fucking ask these dumbass questions. So <laughs> it's probably half staged. Right. But he's so, it's like sending a clear message. If you're going to interview me, ask me something relevant. Don't ask me what my influences are. Right. Because I'm going to tell I'm not going to give you a, a true answer. Right. And he's like, he would say shit like, he's like, well, you know, for the samples on my album, it's mostly uh, uh, traffic in L.A., screeching tires, like uh, car accidents and uh, murder shows. That's where I get most of my musical info. Like, he just d- d- says dumb shit because it's a dumbass question, and I, I agree right. with you. I think that's great. So that's what, if we were to get, which I know we will, we get like a like a, a big guest, a pretty good sized guest. We're going to go through some stuff and figure out. Because I, I'm really, uh, I like I said, we talked about Lex Friedman's podcast. I love the way his opening questions are, because he just um, comes out the gate swinging. Yeah, and it's not even it's it's some it's a it's a relevant question, but it's not that's the good ones, right? But it's not something that the guest is expecting, right? Like it totally makes sense why they ask that question, but it's like whoa, okay, it's, uh, let's talk about that. That's are you cool. familiar with a guy? He's a music interviewer. Has been around for probably 25 years. Out of, I want to say he's out of Vancouver, BC. I know it's Canada, but I'm pretty sure it's Vancouver. Mm-hmm. His name is Nardawar. Oh, okay. You yeah, heard I've, of this guy? I've heard of it. He's yeah. notorious for doing deep dives on people and just cornering them and go, uh, hey, uh, and it was, I can't remember who, it was uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, rappers, R&B kind of guy from Cleveland, uh, Kid Cudi, mm-hmm. who's, you should, you would like him. You okay. would like him. You probably heard a bunch of his music. So sure. he asked Kid Cudi, he's like, um, so, uh, Cud, I just wanted to know, because um, that's what he goes by. Like, okay, that's just like, like, like if you're familiar with him, call him Cud. Kid okay. Cuddy is like, Cud, okay. I have a question for you. He goes, yeah, what's up, Nardawar? He's like, well, so when you were going to Shaker Heights High School in, in outside, outside of Cleveland, did you got, like to go to the hamburger place? Da, 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 da. Is that where you really cut your teeth? Because I've heard they do battle rapping there, but they do it in a safe area and environment for kids to do that. <laughs> how would you say that influenced you? And he's like, how the f- fuck did you know that right so he did a little research he, obviously he, he's known for doing that yeah or he'll get like uh i can't remember who it was i i i think it was sting but he got a 45 of like some like r&b group that sting was in in like the mid 70s or early 70s mm-hmm. and he had a 45 of and it he probably and he goes, played it well no he just had it in his hand he walked oh. up to this is like on the street kind of interviews okay and like right after a show or right before a show he's like Hey, Sting, this is Nardwar. He's like, hey, I've heard about you a lot. How's it going? And he's like, great. I have a question for you. Would you mind signing this 45 for me? Because it's one of my prized possessions. I, I've only had it for about two weeks, but but I really just I find it valuable, and I'd really love for you to sign it. And he pulls it out, and Sting goes, where did you get this? And he said, well, you know, it's things on the Internet. You can just buy them. I've listened to it multiple times. That's really good. How come you didn't stick with the uh, – uh, R&B or the four-piece R&B like boy yeah. band stuff and went to the more rock and roll. <laughs> That's and, and, and Sting's just like, I have never been asked that before. Right. 
I'm still shocked that you found found this See, out. If you because he didn't go by Sting back then, it was Gordon. If you ask that kind of question, even one question that's really good is almost enough to for the whole interview yes. to, to lead it around. Yeah, because you're you're already in. In other words, you're you're through multiple layers already. Absolutely. Now you're down in here, and now you can just wander around in that area for a while. Yeah. You know, or you have that with a couple other good questions. You know, none of this. So we were. I hear you look up on Wikipedia. Oh, I hear you're you're born in Bedford, Texas. Well, what was that like? Right. <laughs> well, it was hot. What was what was that like? It was oh, hot, and there yeah. was a lot of cowboys. So many interviews are blah 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 blah. Tell us what that was like. Yeah. No. Now one thing I don't I, want to tell you what that was like. There's uh, it's a guy who works for Spin Magazine. I think he has a on you for Spin's like YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. He sits down and plays. Um, wikipedia true or false for the for the interview oh. and like he sat down with tom morello and he is like uh, all right he looks through the reads through the wikipedia page to like to you know uh, find little details to ask him about this things that sound kind of odd mm-hmm. and uh they find errors like shit that's wrong with wikipedia and it's like mm-hmm. uh and things you may not have known about the person so it's more getting them to talk about no that's not true my dad's actually from because uh tom morello's dad's from kenya and okay, he was so, the ambassador or something like that. Like, so, you, yeah, obviously. The, but the people that are asking the are doing the the questioning. They know the real information somehow from somebody else or uh, something. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he does. I, I honestly because he's he's like uh, usually he's shocked. He's like, oh yeah, that's wrong because I've heard that as a rumor before, and they're like, that's why it's on Wikipedia. Oh, so then they set it straight. I see what you're saying. Do he that. doesn't know if it's right or wrong either. He just asks the question. So exactly. is this true? Your dad's from. Botswana or something. Like no, actually, my dad is from Kenya. Okay, and, da, 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 and that's how I got into this and this and this and this. And then they go on to the next question: Is like, is it true that Rage Against the Machine, uh, you know, was never actually fined for public, you know, nudity for when they stood nude on stage to protest for their like thirty minute time set? And he mm-hmm. goes, "We we were not actually fined for that." Uh, it turns out that place where we performed did not have this, you know, and just and then went on about why they mm-hmm. why they made that protest. So like. It's that that is a good way of interviewing and pulling new shit out of people. So right. I think that's really cool. Hey, let's take a break. What? But one one funny way to ask it would be how Chris Farley would ask the questions. Like, uh, that's what I would ask. That's how exactly what I would do if Jennifer Connelly was here. I I would skip past but, but, all your bullshit, your Oscars. I would be like, remember remember when you were when, in Labyrinth? Yeah. I would just go right back to her first movie. But the one question that that uh, that Farley asked that's particularly funny was. Uh, remember in the song, uh, whatever the song it was, he goes, when he says the love, love you, you take, take is equal, equal to, to the, the love, you, love you make. And he goes, yeah, I remember that. I remember uh, that. And uh, I, is, is that true? <laughs> he's like, yeah, oh, oh, I found it. What you give is what you get back or something like that. And the more you give, the more you get. And then he's like, fuck, awesome, awesome. Like, but, he just but the way he the asked that, awesome. that thing is not like, not like, where did that lyric come from? That's what you would expect for a normal interview, let's say. Right. Not like, well, is that true? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just asking him gospel. Right. I, I love that. <laughs> now we can take a break. All right, we'll be right back, folks. Makes me blue 
music plays and you display your heart for me to see. I had a beer and now I hear you calling out for me. frown and break it before the evening's gone away I think that we can make it and I hope that I don't fall in love with you well the night does funny things inside a man these old Tom cat feet don't understand Well, I turn around to look at you You light a cigarette I wish I had the guts to bum one But we've never met Like some company Well I turn around to look at you and you look back at me Guy you with these up and split the chair next to you's free I want to know about Jewel, Switzerland, and cows with bells on them. Yeah, what does all those things have in what common? What do all those three things have in common? Because I was there experiencing them at the same time. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Ex- ex- expound upon that. I was in... Wait, hold on just a second. Wait a minute. If you were in, in Texas instead of Switzerland, I'm going to be very upset because you really... <laughs> no, wait. You just what, did I dream that? No, I'm trying to figure out which trip it was for a second. I'm, I'm getting two of them confused when I was okay. over there. Oh, mister, I've been to Switzerland twice. I, yeah. I get confused. All right. So uh, it was when I was working over there. That's not true. Okay. It, uh, now I know when it was. It was right before my, my, my father's retirement flight. Um, 
1993. Okay. Now we've got it. Okay, that's about when Jewel was kind of getting going. No, 94 or 95, one of the two. So we'll call it 94. Because I'm pretty sure I was in junior high. So I, and I, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 94. It doesn't, right, ma- it doesn't matter. I'm fucking up a certain part of it because that's when that that was. So okay. I'm fucking up some part. Right. Of it. Doesn't okay. So I uh, and I've been I've been to Switzerland before, and Switzerland is kind of expensive, but it's kind of like a fantasy. It's like it's like Disneyland without all the Americans. It it, it, <laughs> it it's I've seen pictures and video, especially you know now having access to like 4K video. It does not look real. No, it doesn't. And then when I've and I've told people that, and actually a, 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 a woman in my past that we were just talking about, who is a, what spurned this kind of conversation, was she told me I she said I don't think you understand just how amazing Switzerland is and just looks and the people and the culture and everything. And she's like, it it in pictures and on TV and in movies, it looks fake. It does. And, and that's you what go you think there it is. And, like, and then so I, I went there and I knew, I, th- I think I wanted, I believe this is a trip I wanted to return back because I loved it so much. So I was going to go in there for a couple days and do nothing, whatever it was. So I drove in there and it was starting to get, not dark, but it was getting later in the day. And I learned this pretty quick when I'm traveling. Europe's not that big, really. So you don't want to, like when I'm usually traveling in the States, I kinda, I'm on a mission. So I will drive to fucking midnight until I can't keep my eyes open. Right. Get a goddamn hotel room. And, and eat a fucking, you know, bag of chips and a soda and go to bed and just keep pressing on and not enjoying the trip at all. That's me when I travel. Well, I'm, if, I'm on, if I'm on a mission. Right. I'm going, driving somewhere to pick something up and dro- whatever. Yes. So I'm over there and uh, check into a, this. It's a small little tiny village, which they have hundreds, if not thousands of them all over the goddamn Swiss Alps. And um, pull in there and uh, park and uh, go to my little room, and all the the doors are heavier. The windows are open up and closed, and they're heavy like a little like a Swiss little chalet kind of uh-huh. thing. And I'm this little windy road right next to this the Alps. Well, I know where, I, I, I I find a Swiss map. I could probably get pretty close to where I was. And so there they are in these rolling green foothills and snow capped mountains. And I open up the windows. You know, kind of open up, you know, as you can do, you can sound motioning when you're opening up with the hinges yes, on the... Yes, Opening up the windows. And on this rolling hill, right across the street, right there are cows with cowbells looking like Swiss cows. Yes. Eating grass, and you can hear their cowbells as they're walking along the hill. I'm going, wow, that's just like... If the guy was there with a the goddamn horn... <laughs> yeah, he's like... <laughs> yes, that's exactly like, what, what it looked like. Fuck? It's it. So... I'm like, okay, but every when you're driving around, it all looks like you said it looks like it's all it looks fake. fake. It looks fake on TV or in pictures, yes. and the way it's been described to me by you and by other people I've known that have gone there, spent like as I as a woman I pass it was lived there for like I think it was nine years, right? And then it came time for her to like go into junior high or something like that, and like he want his, her dad wanted her to go and live with her mom in the states. So and, all the yeah. all the little roads that are windy are are kind of windy and narrow. But they're all very well maintained. I don't think the word pothole is in the Swiss language. No, probably not. <laughs> and it's they very, probably just use pothole because they don't have a word for it because they right. don't have potholes. <laughs> right, pothole. Yeah, pothole. Whatever. And and the street signs in these little villages are also really cute. Like the little 
Like they'd be like signs you would see in Disneyland or something. Like uh-huh. they probably copied those signs in Disneyland. I guarantee you from yeah. Switzerland because yes. they look kind of cool. Yeah, you know, so they're kind of a shorter post with really nice, almost handwritten looking signs. You know, that are all vertical and yes. horizontal. They're not all askew. Like some drunk guy ran into it eight months ago and no one bothered to fucking fix it. Right. I mean, it's well maintained, clean. Or like a like a uh, a board member of the. Um Airport Authority backed into it and, right. and, and just, just never we never really noticed. thought it was funny. The, yeah, you know, ha ha, isn't that who gives a shit? Anyway, so um, so I checked in and I start. Uh, I did like a small hike. I was driving around the little rental car, looking for just some place to pull off and just go wandering around because I was asking for hiking areas and they kind of look at me like I'm weird. Like, well, the whole thing you could probably just hike. You just just go out there. Yeah, you know, whatever you want to do. So um, then uh, there was this mountain stream. It was obviously from melted snow. You could see the melted snow whence it came. Yeah. And this water's coming down. <clears throat> and I put my face in there and drank the water. Probably shouldn't have because who knows what deer well, there, are if, pooping in there. But well, it's more cows you would have to worry about. Cow poop. Yeah. yeah and cow urine. But it tastes that cow poop and urine. If it weren't, if it wasn't there, it really tasted wonderful. And it didn't. And it didn't hurt you. So no, that's it didn't. good. So I had that, and then I knew a little bit of German. And there was a couple of girls that were kind of wandering around. I think it was a guy and a girl. I know they were maybe ten or twelve years old, and they were talking to each other. And I was just hike, kind of hiking along, and and there was a kid, kind of a teenage age cat that was walking with them, and I asked them, you know, is, is Das Dein Katzen? You know, is this your cat? Yeah. And they said, nine. It wasn't. You know, German and Swiss is very similar, and I had a very. And I told them that I was from the states, and my English wasn't, or excuse me, my German wasn't very good, and and so they kind of talked to me a little bit about where they lived and all that, you know, what, how long they've been there, and they asked me what I was doing, and. Blah blah blah. Fine. So now it's getting dark. So now I go back in there, and I think I woke up. There was like a there was like a a thunderstorm. I left the windows open, and they have these like kind of these uh, uh, uh curtain. What what kind of a uh, what kind of fabric would it be? Kind of a flowing wavy fabricy. Uh, yeah, uh, just l- drapes. A linen yeah. drapes. Yeah, but they're very lightweight. So I want to leave the you know it's really kind of cool, almost cold, but it was awesome because I left them open. I could see out there. I could see the rolling hills. There were no really lights on, but I could hear. I could hear the Swiss Alps, whatever yeah. they were sounding yeah, like. Yeah, whatever that sound is, yeah. <laughs> so then a thunderstorm came along, which was the most awesome thing ever, which woke me up. I'm like, oh, it's raining. And I kind of I kind of half asleep. I'm looking out there at the window that's open, and I can see lightning. I'm getting goosebumps now. Lightning's flashing over the Swiss Alps, illuminating the Swiss Alps with snow-covered mountains. And I'm going, this is the coolest thing ever. This experience is one of the – I wish I had my friends that I have now that could all be here right now with me experiencing this because I can't, I can't describe this. It's so fucking cool. And then um, – so that lasted for a while. I, I, I didn't go back to sleep. I just watched it and just, and just mesmerized until it kind of went away. And I thought, all right, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom, whatever. I turn on the shitty TV, small TV, and there's Jewel is on there, and she, had a, she wrote a book of poems a while back. And then she's on there with some woman, and they're reading her poetry. <laughs> and I'm a Jewel fan already, so now Jewel was reading her poetry to me, of course, in Switzerland as the thunderstorm is going away on the Swiss Alps. Sounds like a really nice, perfect moment. Yes, after I had this, drank this water from the melting snow, and there I am. And it's like, wow, I will never forget that. I will never forget that whole thing. That's my story about that. I- I love how that does not tie into what we were talking about before we... I thought it did. No. No, because we were talking about how... Uh, timing. Timing. That's not timing. 
That is a time. Okay, it tied in. I thought you were going to tell me that like Jewel was there like three days before you, and you saw her on TV, and you're like, oh god, I really wish I would have been here three days before because maybe I would have had a chance with Jewel. I on I thought yeah. when you said Jewel, Switzerland, and cows with bells, I was like, I I, I wonder if maybe he almost met Jewel, and like he just figures like, that's nah, not quite that good. No, no, it's not. Um, but what a great memory, though. But it was, yeah. And then I brought it up because you had a friend of yours that had a home in Switzerland or something, you said. A family per, a oh, person. Oh, that's that why. That's why that came up. And it talked about timing. That's what it was all about, relationships and timing. What we were talking about is that, like, that recently I, I told somebody, like, my ethos on, on certain things, to aspects of relationships and things like that. And it's a friend of mine who's struggling with um, – uh, just poor timing. Not mm-hmm. her fault. Just the universe's poor timing. Yes. And I was just telling her. I was just kind of trying to comfort her, but it's like also just letting her know, hey, you're not alone. Right. And I said, that, you know, the 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 what is it like the greatest tragedy that the universe will ever throw at you is meeting the right person at the wrong time. Right. And that happened to me in my past. And I have, then, I have and one of those people in my past, and it it damn near destroyed me. And probably most people that are paying attention with their lives that care at all, this, this has happened to them. And they've got that. There's always the, the one that got away. Mm-hmm. It's not really the one that got away in this case. And, it, and I feel like it's not one that got away in, in most cases. It's just bad timing. Right. And it's not anyone's fault, typically. If, right. if I had met her, I was telling you, if I had met her six years later, we probably... Or five years later, we probably would would still be together, and that's why because I, it just didn't work out. And I brought I brought up, and you agreed, and I said I think that you know most relationships we can even expand that to anything, like even a business relationship or a person that you met at the right time, and you you were ready for it, kind of thing. Whatever, again, it could be a business opportunity or something else. But talking about personal relationships, kind of any sort of opportunity, it could be anything. Yeah, it the the, the a huge percentage of the situation if it works out is the timing of it. Like, you just happen to be in that room when you met this person, let's say, and they became a relationship, let's say. Right. You know, someone invited you to their, you know, you missed your plane, so you're going to fly tomorrow instead of today. Oh, man, that sucks. Hey, we're having a get-together at my friend's house. I knew thought you were going to be out of town, but you got to come over anyway. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's a BYOB, bring a six-pack, and just we'll kind of hang out. And then you meet somebody. Could be for a relationship, maybe. Right, of course. Or a business thing. You know, they learn that you're interested in this or you're that. Oh, we're starting a company, man. You ought to come by and check. You know, timing, right? That's a, yeah. But you also got to be able to take advantage of it too. You have, you have to be, you have to be aware and listening to kind of the universe if you want to believe in that part of it, and then and then act. You have to kind of think, wow, this is this is something I should probably think about acting right. on. You know, because it does. There are things that happen to me um, in a negative way with all these issues out here in the business I was telling you about, it's like at some point I'll say, how many two by fours have to hit me over the head <laughs> to where I stop doing this? I think the universe has given enough signs. If you want to believe in signs from well, how the universe, many, how many air airplane tails do you have to run into right. before you realize I don't like banging my head on things right. and getting stitches. Right. So it's, it's one of those deals. It's like, and we all are slow learners, right? I mean, God, thank God for the people that figure things out are good for them early on. Yeah. And say, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Jesus, we're all terrible at that sometimes. A lot of yeah, us the, just the, don't listen to the... Poor timing is just like, it's just such a, it's such a bitch sometimes. But it, it I mean, when when you do hit it right, it's just perfect. Yeah. And, and some people are really lucky early in their lives yeah. to meet the right person at the right time. And they're ready too. Yeah. 
And I'd still know a few of them, and they're still married, happily married. Yeah. They're like one of those super couples that have been married for four or five decades, yeah. like, and they still pinch each other on the ass and absolutely and give each other little secret gifts and yeah. stuff you see I in public. Two, two friends of mine that I I met them when I was a sophomore in high school, and they were freshmen. They're a year younger than me, right? And they had already started dating that summer, the summer before their freshman year, mm-hmm. right? So fourteen, fifteen, right? They are still wow. together. They have one child. Mm-hmm. They're both very successful, and they are never ever going to leave each other because they are still like that. Because they're they're now, they've been they've been married for right at twenty years. Mm-hmm. They've been together for twenty six years, twenty five years, mm-hmm. and that's incredible for people that aren't quite forty. Like right. the, you know what I mean? If you think about that, that's that doesn't happen. I know, and I know a few yeah, couples really, yeah, that are like that. In fact, you would say, I mean, the odds would be heavily. If you you could bet the farm on it, that's not going to work, right? And you more than times than not, of course, you'd be yeah. you'd be you'd win it. You so, know? It, but I and I and I'm envious of those people too. But also, like, uh, if you don't go through heartache, heartbreak, disappointment, you know, uh, you know, uh, one of my father had this term. I always he said it was a. This is not a clinical depression, Joe. This is a relationship. It's not a relationship-ending depression. It was something like that, though. Mm-hmm. It's like this is acute. This is not mm-hmm. chronic or clinical. You need to move past this. You it's need to figure like out how to move past this. You have to go through some of this stuff, and you have it, to. Otherwise, you're not a whole person later on. Right. You don't know, and then you don't. Then when things really happen, mm-hmm. you really don't have the tools to deal with it. Because I know how I deal with. Uh, abrupt change or some sort of ending of something that's enjoyable or something mm-hmm. like that it's usually pretty devastating to me mm-hmm. like just just emotionally and mentally and i and i and i struggle with that and i shouldn't but i do that's just the my the nature of me and now i've known how i now i've kind of pretty well got it figured out how to manage it and uh and it can usually come out clean on the other side usually i can let that shit go and, and, it, ta- and it takes yeah like i said it takes uh experiences and you have to pay attention also. It's kind of funny, though, because you hear sometimes child prodigies who are like uh, soul singers and they're really young or they're like blues guitar players and they're like seven or eight years old. And they could be like, oh, my God, this is a true prodigy. Right. But they're singing a song or or playing a song that's got gut wrench, twisting heartache and, you know, 100 miles of fucking pain. Right. And this child is singing. You're like, yep, I'm not buying it. <laughs> but they sound convincing. Yeah, they sound, yeah but, but I'm like, okay, whatever. But right. you haven't experienced this, Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, Another way to put it was uh, very in- incredibly well put was in Goodwill Hunting with mm-hmm. uh, Robin Williams and Matt Damon, like when they're sitting by the pond or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, you've read all the books on romance and you've memorized yep. all this and all that. But you and you know tell everything. Me. You yeah. know everything about Michelangelo, his work, sexual proclivities, what he did in life, and all this other stuff. But you don't know what it smells like in the Sistine, Sistine Chapel. Chapel. Yep. Um, you know you. You know, quote me if I ask you about love. You'll quote me a sonnet. You've probably even been late a few times, but you don't know what it's like to look at someone and be truly, totally vulnerable. Right. And I, I'm and that I, I firmly fucking believe in that. Mm-hmm. So, like all that having been said, timing. Which is such a bitch sometimes. Well, but, here, man, here, here, but, but then you keep up. It, the people that don't become cynical about it, like I struggle with not getting cynical about that shit. We struggle with not being cynical and sarcastic. No, I don't. I on st- a daily basis, I struggle with, and I and I don't mean in a joking fashion. Okay. I mean I mean becoming an old bitter. I got gotcha. you. Lonely, jaded asshole, sure. and I've gone down that road before, and it's not good. No, and uh, I struggle with that shit all the time, and. 
because of that struggle, I feel like I'm welcome. I, I'll, I'll be able to appreciate it later mm-hmm. on. Yes. Because there's people who get to a point where there's, they get to that tipping point and then they can just never enjoy uh, being appreciated. Yeah, there is, there is a kind of, there's seen a couple of movies like that too, where they'll, people will be talking about someone else. Like they, they don't even know that, but they can just tell that person on, on their face that they're, they may have been, they may be a lost cause. You know, that, that this person yeah. may never be coming back, whatever it is, whatever got to them. Yeah. Um, the other thing is too about about timing, and this is not just oh I'm not ready kind of thing. It's like God, if you're if you're struggling, we have people that lose people, you know, family or friends that they that they lose, and it's it's highly likely, and more likely than not, if you know if you're in a semi depressed state, you know, or or you lose someone that that the that you will have run into someone that could have been really a good person to be your friend or potentially girlfriend boyfriend or whatever the heck it is. And they ain't gonna happen because you're in a funk, or you're not gonna be receptive at all. Right. And again, that's timing, but it's like a little bit different of a twist. But on it's timing. timing. It's the timing that you can, you could, yeah, you could change on your own rather than just meeting the right. person. It's not like, oh, I'm not ready, or I'm just, I, I think all men suck or all women suck. It's not one of those. It's like if you're really in a, a bad funk, you're not gonna, you might not be going out that night or doing something right. w- that could have been a good thing for you, business wise or relationship wise. But, I know, I I know. I it's funny that you mention this now that I think it just dawned on me. I know a couple here in town <clears throat> that knew each other like who they were for years. But he was married mm-hmm. and was always very very sweet. You know, she was a cashier uh, at a grocery store, and he was married. And he would walk through her line once or twice, three times a week, and all picking up stuff. Buying so what she would watch him buy flowers mm-hmm. for his wife and chocolates and. Oh, I'm picking up stuff. I know she's uh, kind of had a bad day at work, so I'm buying this for her and mm-hmm. doing this and doing that for years. Well, then his wife passed. Mm-hmm. And he really just kind of sequestered himself at home. Had his friends or his kids just bring him food and things like that. And uh, months and months and months go by, and then he comes through the line, her line, the woman, you know, the cashier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're both about the same age, and he... Uh, she goes, wow, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you doing? You like you, you just you were here two or three times a week and then all of a sudden you were gone. He said, well, you know, my my wife, she passed and it was it was really rather sudden. And I just really haven't felt like this is the first time I've really gone out in public other than to go and get gas or something for my truck or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just don't I just wasn't ready to face any of that. And she's like, no, I know how that goes. I lost my husband like seven years ago. And. They ended up they ended up getting together. And wow. he, the, the, like, the timing on that is so incredible. Right. Because she was getting, and there's, this is the kicker, and this is the, the best part of the story that sent chills up my spine. She was getting ready, to, she's getting ready to retire, and she only had a week left. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Because she'd been Talk a cashier. Timing. She, te- she was timing out, you know, at 25 years. Yeah. Talk about fucking timing. Yeah. Because if he would have just waited and one more week and, you one know, more not taking a shower and giving a shit and watched 12 it, more movies. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and wallowed a little bit more. Yeah. He never would have met her, and then they're, they've yeah. been together since. And they're—I know that they're close to eighty. They're probably mid seventies. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible story. That should give anybody some sort of hope. Like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes the timing does work out. Right. And sometimes you don't think that the timing was good at the time. You dwell on that for a while, and then in, a, in hindsight, you're like, you know what? I'm kind of okay with that. And I wrapped it up with when I was talking to this friend of mine who was struggling with some stuff, and said, you know, the universe. Showing you the the wrong person at the or, excuse me the right person at the wrong time uh, is a real tragedy. 
but you have to look back in hindsight and go, you know what? I'm not sad that it's over. I'm just glad that it happened. What was that? It kind of reminds me a little bit, for some reason, a bit of a stretch, but the movie, um, boom, boom, boom. okay, so it's, uh, Jesus, Joe. It's uh, it's when Billy Crystal, they're going out, and they're going to do, do, do a ranch rodeo thing. They're going to go out and rustle cattle and move. What the fuck is that thing? Um, City Slickers. Thank you. I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring this together. I really hope you bring this together because you didn't with the Switzerland story. <laughs> when uh, they were, I guess, talking, it was Curly, who's the chef. No, no, Curly's the chef. Who's the, who's the, who's the main character, the main rustler guy, the guy that's. Jack Palance. I don't Jack remember. Jack Palance. I think, yeah. no, it was Curly. So they were talking. The, the, the sequel is Legend of Curly's Gold. I think they were, yeah. I think they were asking him. They were on their horses and they were going somewhere. They're talking about. You know, have you been in love before? So, I, I can't remember these, how his story came up, but he goes, hey, man, have you ever... Because he, he was alone. He was out there and alone in the desert you know, for decades. Right. And he, and he goes, yeah, I, I was in love once with a, with a woman one time, and he told the story you know, about how he was riding, and I guess, and the sun was going down, and this beautiful woman in this dress, and, and he goes, and, and you could see the sun was behind her, and you could see through the dress a little bit the what God had given her. Yeah. And da-da-da-da-da-da. It was a perfect moment, and... And uh, and he goes, well, that's how you felt. Oh, that's great. So how did that end? What? What? He goes, nothing. I just I wrote on. He goes, what? That's the woman you were in love with, or you fell in love with, or whatever. And he goes, I've have had it here in my head the whole time I, that this is a woman that I've that I loved, or that I've fell, or something like that. There was a he tells that story, you know, and uh, it's a timing thing, of course, or it could yeah, be, of course. yeah. But he kept it with him. Did you said what was the story you just said that sounded kind of similar to this? You just. You just mentioned. I there's a reason that I tied the that cashier. In. Sure, yeah, because yeah, like that, if, that would have been. No, yeah, I know what that, that's. A, oh, never mind. Paul's lost it. No, folks. I haven't lost it. There was a, there was a sentence in there that you said, or maybe that that cashier story reminded I'm not, you. I'm not sad that it's over. I'm glad that it. That's happens. it. That it, I'm grateful because that they, it happens. Because they, they they ask him, Curly, aren't you? Don't, don't you wonder whatever could have happened or does that make you sad that you didn't do anything or go talk to her and you could have right. had this one and he said something like this he's no I would, I've been happy about that I'm not sad that I did that's what it was similar right yeah, that's, yeah, what, that's not, what I mean yeah I know he, what you're talking about sad that he didn't go do anything it was a moment and and he loved the moment and he saw and, that and that's part of his life and and then later on in the dialogue I remember them talking around the campfire about how like I that that's I think it was Bruno Kirby's character that said it yeah, was that uh, no? I think that's a beautiful moment because there's no infidelity, there's no divorce, there's no fights, mm-hmm. there's no you know being pissed off about leaving your socks on the floor or her having a dirty bathroom and this and that and the other. There's none of that. It's right. a pure moment. Right. That's only happy. Right. And I just remember I do now. Goddamn. I, why does City Slickers have such good fucking things in it? Well, there's a few good things in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, when he's talking Jesus. to the to the class about its career day or something like that, and he's talking about how and you get to your thirties and then there's this, and then your forties and you have what they call a procedure, and then you have and then you're in your fifties and then that happens and then it's this whole depressing thing. Very much so. It's very <laughs> Billy Crystal, Jew, Jewish comic. <laughs> Jewish like it's so fucking funny. The Kvetch, uh, the Kvetchometer, the, the Kvetchometer. <laughs> 
Folks, if you haven't watched Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, you need to watch it, specifically the Gary Shandling episode. <laughs> Because Gary Shandling and, and Jerry Seinfeld have two biggest been, Jews in comedy, two biggest team. Jews in comedy for one, and just play up that that the Jewish stereotypes so that it's so fucking funny. Oh god! But they just they keep complaining about things like oh I got the coffee is too hot and I, like, oh, I just my stomach's a little upset and like, oh, they're like and they have the kvetchometer and it's it like if you know if, if you know anything about Yiddish kvetching is like when you you're just like complaining and right. being bitchy basically and you're like having complaints about things. And it just keeps rack, racking up more and more kvetch, right. kvetches. And he's, he's, he like for the third time or something, like that, he goes, and, and, my, and, my, and my back was hurting. Did I mention that? Yeah, you mentioned that already. You mentioned your back was hurting or whatever the heck it was. And it goes up one and then goes back one because <laughs> it doesn't count as a second, another kvetch. Right. <laughs> anyway, folks, just so you all know, for any of you that listen, uh, I know most people have one of those stories in their past. Yeah. Where timing timing just did not work out, whether it was business or in love or any other kind of friendships and things like that. And if in the you're thing, not alone, and it sucks. And we the ones that we know really suck. It just but it's interesting to think about the stuff that you miss with that you're never going to know. It's not interesting to think about to me. I would not want to know about I, that because I already I, have enough that no, I think. About. I don't want to know. I'm just blown away by the the moments that we we miss. Yeah. Again, it doesn't have to be relationship stuff with, with an opposite sex or the same, whatever you're into, yeah. whatever you float your boat. It, that's not what I'm talking about. Whatever. It's like the things that we... So you also need to pay attention. That's a, that's a takeaway from this, too. Yeah. You should kind of pay attention if something's moving you a little bit or if you see a moment, maybe you should take advantage of it. You know, Introduce yourself to a person or the situation or go right. do this thing because there probably are... There are infinite amount of opportunities out there that aren't being taken because you're just not paying attention. You're not in the right place. Yeah. So, so go out and do things to and, go back uh, to just, a, I'm going to everything. I'm going to wrap this all good. up and then we're going to get out of here. Please do folks. You need to look into a guy named Ram Das, which we've talked about on this podcast or I have before incredible philosopher. And he was one of the guys that I hung out with uh, Timothy Leary. His name, his name was Dr. Richard Alpert, and he was a, a clinical psychologist. And he, and honestly, he got into mushrooms, moved to India, and then he became kind of a guru. He died like three years ago. It's like my hero. Okay, Ram Das wrote a book called "Be Here Now," and it's all about being present and being in the present, which we suffer and tremendously. A lot of from. people suffer from, myself included, and so do you. Oh yeah. So be here now. Be present, and also look into his book, "Be Here Now." Because it will it will help you, and it is fucking. It's a little out there, you, but it is really really. You good. have caught me in not being present and pointed it out and said, "Hey man, this is going on, whatever." And I've caught you too on different stuff. It's like, yeah, hey man, there's a thing, there's a moment here. Let's be, yeah, present. Don't you know? miss this. Get yeah. off your phone. Be yeah, present. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. With that, folks, have a great week. Yes. We'll see you all at the cellar door and hopefully Blackbridge this weekend. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, folks. Thank you.